Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lowe from the Division of Emergency Radiology. And I am Christopher Cernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging. Today, our guest is my colleague and friend from the Division of Emergency Radiology, Dr. Byron Chen. He is here to speak to us about taking a uh, radiology case in the oral format. Welcome. Welcome, Byron. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this topic. It's a little bit different from your traditional didactic um, thing, but I think it's an important one. Great, great, great. Um, and obviously, you know, those of us um, who are in uh, practicing and in the field of radiology and we're lucky enough to uh, go through the experience, we either have great memories or nightmares of the oral cord, <laughs> which you, you will talk, tell us about. Uh, and so I think many, many radiologists who think about taking cases in the oral format, that's probably their uh, baseline background sort of impression. Um, but, but let's back up before we start talking about that. Um, can you um, talk to our audience about why is it important to um, take cases in the oral format? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it does go back to um, the oral boards, right? So when you and I were, were residents, our board exam was, was in the oral format, and it was basically just taking cases. Um, your examiner would just put a case up on the screen, and you were expected to just talk and present it. Um, in a concise yet comprehensive kind of way. Um, so, you know, you may sort of argue that now that the boards are in the written format that it's no longer relevant, but I think there's still a lot of value in case conferences and taking cases and getting good at it. Um, because when you think about, you know, on the orals, we were graded by, in three main categories. So the first was findings, so making the finding, finding the lesion, the second was the differential diagnosis, right? So what you think it is. And the third was management. Um, you know, are there any further imaging recommendations or any, anything like that? When you look at the radiology report, it basically parallels those three items, right? So findings, right? In our report, that's the first section is findings. Then impression is your diagnosis or your differential diagnosis. And then recommendations, right? Again, if there is a recommendation to be made, that's sort of the last thing that you're going to dictate in your report, or you're going to actually go and call the clinician or whatever it is. There's, there's the sort of the clinical piece after um, you've made your diagnosis. So when you're taking a case and hopefully, you know, making the finding, giving your differential, giving the management, you're really doing what we do at the workstation every day, right? But you're doing it in a different format. So, you know, I used to give a lot of didactic lectures, a lot of sort of the traditional you know, lectures where you pick a topic and you talk about it. And I found that it was relatively low yield. I mean, you cover a lot um, as a presenter, but as an audience member, I think it's, it's, it's very passive um, and it's very easy to kind of, you know, just zone out and, and sort of fall asleep. Whereas when you're taking cases, you're, you're doing what you do at the workstation. Obviously you're doing it for an audience. It's, it's a very different kind of format, but you're actually simulating what you do on a daily basis. And so I think in training residents, um, doing sort of the case-based format where you take the case, um, it, to me, it's more educational for, um, for residents. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree. And, and I, that has been my experience over the years as well. 
you force the audience, in this case, radiology residents and fellows and trainees to, to be more active and to think and to be on their feet uh, during uh, a conference or lecture setting. Um, now, what about, um, let's take it outside of uh, training. What about as, you know, sort of um, taking cases oral in the oral format, how, how does that translate to, let's say, after training to your eventual uh, radiology practice? What is the correlation there? Or how do you see uh, those skills of taking cases applied to your future job as a practicing radiologist? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of ways that it translates. And, you know, one of the references that I listed talks about um, sort of consultative radiology and sort of the, the curbside consult, you know, the surgeons coming into the room asking you to review review studies. When that happens, you're basically taking a case, right? I mean, it's surgeon has a um, some imaging from an outside hospital and they want you to look at it on the spot. Um, so when you learn how to take a case as a resident, you're in the spotlight, right? Everybody knows when you're the one taking the case, you automatically lose like 40% of your knowledge. And when you're the one sitting in the back of the room not taking the case, you always become like 20% smarter. Um, you're, you're in the hot seat. You're nervous, you're sweating, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and that's exactly what happens when you're doing curbside consults. The senior surgeon is sharpening his knife, he's calling the OR, he's like, I'm ready to take this guy to the OR here's the image, tell me what the finding is, tell me what the differential diagnosis is, and tell me what your recommendation is. Should I go to the OR? Should I admit to medicine? Um, so it, it translates in, in that respect into everyday practice, um, taking cases uh, and getting good at it and getting confident at it uh, and not being nervous about it. Great. Yeah, that's, that's the whole part of the sort of consultative uh, radiology uh, schema. Uh, and, and to all of our listeners, of course, as always, uh, Dr. Chen has provided to us a, a couple of uh, high-yield uh, references and resources, which will be uh, released w- uh, in the show notes uh, with this episode. Um, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty then. Um, th- that's sort of the background of taking oral case or oral format uh, radiology cases. Um, wh- uh, what about when you're actually sitting there taking the case? How do you take your how do you take the case? How do you uh, sort of prepare yourself? And what should be in your mind? What should be what you what should you be thinking uh, and speaking when you're taking the case? So I always tell residents the first the best thing to do first is just to pause, um, compose yourself, take a few seconds before you start talking. The tendency is that you know, especially if if the resident knows you know what the answer is, they just start talking and they start rambling and they go and they go and they may talk themselves into a corner. Um, and it's like hundred miles an hour right from the get go. Um, but I encourage you guys to take a few seconds, even if you know what you're going to say, it's fine. You need to sort of process the image, um, a little bit before you start talking. Um, a lot of residents will say, you know, the, the imaging modality or the, the imaging plane, you know, they say like there's an axial CT through the upper abdomen, whatever. You can do that. I used to do that when I was a resident as well. Um, but let's be honest, it's, we're all radiologists. We, we all know that this is a chest X-ray, that this is whatever it is. But what that allows you to do is it allows you to compose yourself. It gives you a little bit of a, a starting point, um, and it, it sort of forces the pause without actually having to have you know, unco- uncomfortable silence. So 
when you pause, you know, and it doesn't have to be long, you take two, three seconds, um, look at the image, start formulating your plan on what you're going to, what you're going to say, um, start your, um, plan your presentation out, you know, in a few seconds, obviously. So, um, so just pause. And again, it, it sort of gives you command of, of the floor, right? So that's usually what I tell residents to start out with. After you've done that, now, now you got to do the first thing, right? So the first thing is making the finding, right? So hopefully, you know, there's no tips on making findings. You either sort of have made the finding, or you haven't made the finding. But once you make the finding, you have to describe it, all right? And this is something that I find residents have a little bit of a difficult time with. So a finding is a is a clinically significant observation, right? So it's an observation. And what you want to do is you want to describe it. You don't want to interpret it yet. So you want to use very sort of objective words, right? So you want to say, this is, there. there's a hypodense lesion, it's rounded, it's hyperechoic, it's calcified. You want to use very objective words. You don't want to say, um, the appendix looks dial, right? So you don't want to say um, appendicitis, right? Those are sort of interpretation words. Um, renal cell carcinoma, that's your interpretation of what a finding is. So again, when you start out, you want to start very basically and just describe it in very plain words. So um, in the right lower quadrant, there's a tubular blind ending fluid filled structure with surrounding stranding and wall thickening. That's the finding. And everybody knows that the impression or your diagnosis is appendicitis. Um, there's a round hyperdense mass in the liver on the arterial phase that washes out on the delayed phase. That's the, that's the description of the finding. Uh, and then your impression is this is an HCC, right? So your description of the findings, it's sort of like, you know, when you're in medical school and you, you were writing soap notes, right? The subjective objective assessment plan. This is the O, this is the objective part. Um, and I like to just keep it simple because it gets you talking um, and it doesn't corner you into a diagnosis. Um, a lot of times I find you know, the image goes up on the screen and the resident says, oh, I know what this, so I'm going to volunteer to take this case. Um, but they're actually not correct in what the diagnosis is. But they start, when they start their presentation and they start taking the case, they start using impression type of words. And then they sort of fall down the, the rabbit hole and they can't get back because they've, they've cornered themselves into thinking that this is a renal cell carcinoma when it's actually... Um, something else. So that's why I try to keep it very basic in the beginning and just purely describe the findings. Yeah. And yeah, that's a perfect uh, pearl, I think. And I, um, I've noticed that as well. And I, I think, and, you know, we've all been there sort of as early residents at, at least and uh, kind of fallen into that trap. What about the other side of the equation? So say, you know, you're called upon to take the case and you don't see the abnormality. You don't see the, the relevant or significant finding, as you say. What do you yeah. do then when you can't find, can't make the finding? Yeah, that's like everybody's nightmare, right? It's like, you don't know what you're doing and like everybody's staring at you and you feel like an idiot. But so, so when that happens, what I, what I do, what I used to do and what I tell residents to do is just start speaking your search pattern. Um, so you've, you've paused, you've looked at the image, you haven't made the finding, the sweat is starting to build up on your palms. Just start as if you were at the workstation, go through your normal template. Um, so I'm looking at the, the media style contours, those look okay. 
Um, diaphragm's okay. I don't see any fusions. The ribs look okay. And as you do this, you know, as a presenter, I, I know I sort of take that cue to be like, okay, this resident hasn't made the finding. And so I need to help them out a little bit. And hopefully, you know, your attendings will help you out as well when they see you kind of struggling like that. Um, and then when you sort of miss that lytic rib lesion and you say, well, the ribs look okay, then hopefully your presenter will say like, are you sure the ribs are okay? Or like, tell me about that. Or like, look closer at the ribs or they'll, they'll hopefully sort of guide you so that you're not kind of flailing too much. Um, and I think it's an important point because, you know, again, everybody's anxious about taking cases, about being in the spotlight. Um, but as attendings, when we give conference, when we give case conferences, we're trying to teach you something. We don't want to see you flail either. Um, so hopefully your attending will, will help you out um, and not just have you sit there for 10 minutes while you're like not making the finding. Great. So now say you're the superstar, you made the finding quickly, accurately. Um, where do you go from there? Once you made the finding, what's the next step? Yeah. So I, I generally like to, to start broad and then get more and more detailed in general. So um, going back to like, how do you describe a finding? So I start with location location it's the, like the most general thing and you can be as general as you want to um you could say in the liver there is a blank in the right lower quadrant there is a blank again you're starting very broad um and right away when you say in the liver again either consciously or subconsciously you're you're already forming your differential diagnosis it's very wide at this point because so far you've just said liver that's the only finding you've made but you can think about all the things you know in, in the liver. There's cysts, there's hemangiomas, there's HCCs, there's cholangios, there's abscess, there's fatty um, focal fat. It's a very wide differential at this point, but it's a differential. And then as you sort of narrow in on your description of the findings, then you can use more specific descriptions and then your wide differential gets more and more narrow. So when you describe things, um, Again, I start broad, so you can start from the outside of your lesion. What's the, um, what do the margins look like? Are they ill-defined? Are they well-defined? So if you say in the liver, there is a ill-defined lesion. Again, subconsciously or consciously, you've said ill-defined, so that's gonna be something that's aggressive, right? It's fast growing, it's a malignant tumor, it's a met, uh, it's an abscess. Whereas if you say something like it's well-defined, um, your mind is saying, okay, now I'm thinking about something that's slow growing, like a cyst, um, something that um, the surrounding parenchyma has had time to remodel around. So it's, it's going to be something more on the benign side. And then um, talk about the shape, right? So um, is it round? Um, so neoplasms tend to be round right, because they start as one cell and they grow in three dimensions. So they tend to be spherical. So when you cut them cross-sectionally, they tend to be round. Um, are they geographic or wedge-shaped? Right? So that tends to be more of a vascular phenomenon right? because vessels branch and they get smaller as they uh, dis distribute into the parenchyma. So again, we're, we're, we're starting broad and we're not making any assumptions as to what the actual diagnosis is, but each additional description that you give is is forming your differential for you. Obviously, you have to know the, the content of, um, of the radiology of the medicine. Um, but you can see that we haven't even uttered a diagnosis, but already our differential is, is forming before your eyes, basically. 
Um, and then as you go further and further into your description, you know, again, we start outside and go inside. So now you talk about the internal makeup of, of the, of the lesion, right? So we've already described the border. We've talked about the shape of it. Now we're going to go inside of it. And so like in, you know, when you talk about bone tumors, this is the matrix, right? So, um, that's, you can say it, there's internally, there's calcification. Um, there's some nodular areas of calcification with some curvilinear short areas of calcification. Um, and again, because you've studied it, you know, that that description is, you're talking about a chondroid lesion and you already described an ill-defined margin. We're thinking about an aggressive thing. And now we've talked about the internal matrix as in your head, you know, this is the rings and arcs, this is the chondroid thing. So, chondroid aggressive now you have your diagnosis it's chondrosarcoma right so on ct is there fat inside is there calcification inside is it soft tissue is it t1 hyper intense um, is there a doppler signal internally again we're sort of going from the outside inside um, in in your description of the finding and that that's sort of that's it you know that's that's your description of the findings that's the first you know it, it could take you just like a minute to describe the findings you don't have to go on and on and on about describing it, but that's that's just the first that's the first step in in taking a case is, is describing it um, in a sort of systematic way. Thank you, Byron. I think we're going to end this episode here. We'll have you back to finish uh, discussing oral case presentations. And for our listeners, please uh, join us for part two when Dr. Chen concludes with uh, discussion of differential diagnosis uh, management and some suggestions and insight into taking oral cases. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading materials to the episode notes as provided by our guest. And please visit us at www.umassmed.edu backslash radiology. Thank you to our colleagues Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsaran for their technical assistance. See you next time.